Recently, readers of the Business Journal of the Tri-Cities were privy to a discussion about the regional impact of the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino, which is, ex which is scheduled to begin operations in Bristol in July. According to many of the individuals interviewed for this article, the enterprise is expected to add 600 jobs and contribute to a robust business environment throughout the Tri-Cities region of Southwest Virginia and Northeast Tennessee. Dave Onji, the managing editor of the Business Journal, wrote the story. He also has provided commentary on the anticipated economic impact of the hotel and casino and how it fits into a growing narrative related to the region's development. Dave Onji joins me by phone today. Welcome to the show, Dave. Well, thanks so much for having me. It's uh, it's a pleasure to be on with you. Uh, always, always a fan of talking regionalism, and, and there's a lot to talk about at the moment. Well, you have been talking about it a great deal. I want to read from an editorial you wrote for the Business Journal that should help launch our conversation about the Hard Rock Casino and Hotel. You had written, The gaming industry won't be a silver bullet to solve all of our problems. It does have the potential to be a catalyst to enhance all the other progress we've made in the past quarter century. How do you see gaming catalyzing economic growth in the region? Yeah, there's a lot of opportunity for that. And it was, as I was writing the story for the, the May edition, uh, I tried to touch all the bases I could, you know, economic development people, uh, business owners, folks in, in government. And, you know, there's just a lot of optimism out there over uh, you know, what this project is going to be able to accomplish for the region. Um, you know, it's it's pretty much, it, it touches so many different businesses. Um, you know, I, th I think first and foremost, uh, when they come in, what you're going to see is, um, you know, from the tourism standpoint, that's really going to ramp up all the efforts that have been taking place. And, you know, that's mm -hmm. one area, that was an early victory for regionalism in one area that a lot of, even across the Tennessee-Virginia border, uh, people have had an easy time cooperating, and there's a really good uh, founda foundation that's been built there. You know, Northeast Tennessee, Alicia Phelps with uh, the Northeast Tennessee Tourism Association. There's been so much cooperation there, such a good groundwork laid that, you know, they're they're very excited about the efforts that have been taking place in Northeast Tennessee and Southwest Virginia to market ourselves as a tourist destination. Now, all of a sudden, we're going to be getting a lot of folks in. Um, you know, to the casino that are going to be looking for other things to do. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the one thing that the management there has said is that when people come to the casino, they tend to stay for, you know, three, four, five days, and they look for things to do outside of, outside of the casino and outside of gaming. Um, you know, we have a lot to offer, as everybody that lives here knows from that standpoint, and there's already talk of kind of putting packages and the excursions and all that together that I think will really help in Southwest Virginia and Northeast Tennessee both. What kind of other activities do you think people who are gaming will want to take part in when they come to Southwest Virginia and East Tennessee? You know, it's it's one of those things where you look at people that, uh, that enjoy going to casinos. Uh, you kind of have a pick of where you want to go. I mean, they have them all over the country, even all over the world. Uh, you know, I think people that are going to be drawn here are, are people that are going to be drawn to um, the outdoors that we have to offer and, you know, outdoor recreation, which has been a big push on both sides of the border uh, for a long time. And, and I know, um, you know, for example, the city of Johnson City, um, you know, trying to promote everything in the outdoors in terms of fishing, uh, you know, kayaks, uh, canoeing, uh, just all sorts of hiking and everything else that we have in the mountains uh, kind of surrounding our towns and cities. Uh, you know, so people, I think, that come to the Bristol location are going to be looking to come here 
uh, possibly see some concerts. Um, you know, they're going to have a wonderful uh, performing facility that they build along with this thing. So you're going to have people wanting to come here for the music, come here for uh, Bristol and the home of, of country music, the birthplace of country music, the initiative they have there. Uh, potentially Bristol Motor Speedway, they may come in for a race as well. And beyond that, uh, you take a look at our natural beauty here, and I think that's going to be a really draw, a big drawing point. And I think a lot of people are going to look to partake in that when they come to our area. Is the beauty and the racing and the music enough to create kind of the synergy that will make the gaming industry lasting here? You know, I think, uh, I, I really think so. I, I think that we have, uh, like I mentioned, the, the cooperation that came before um, before they uh, came to our, our region really is going to be helpful in that. Uh, you know, the, the cities and towns and everybody are, are really used to working with each other. And I think, um, you know, working with the casino, I, I think it's going to make a very enticing uh, destination for folks to come to. I think it's kind of a missing piece of the puzzle if you look at it. I mean, we've had race fans coming here uh, for many, many years, for decades. Uh, and when they come to Bristol Motor Speedway, you know, they kind of venture off that property and, and really like what they find everywhere else. And it's been a really big economic boom. And I think it'll be the same way with gaming as well. It'll be just something else to come to, but it'll probably be a magnet that, that draws more people than what we've had even with uh, NASCAR and definitely more of a year-round thing instead of just a couple times a year. So, um, you know, I, I think there's a ton of potential there. Now, these things always come down to execution. Uh, you know, how well um, we market ourselves to the folks that are coming in and, you know, just, just a billion other variables. But, you know, everybody I talk to for the story, there's just a lot of optimism about it being a good draw and, and it being a very good fit in our region. Do you feel the region's leaders have a strong handle on how impactful this could be? I'm wondering sometimes to, when I hear people talk enthusiastically about this new investment in the area that we might be understating what it could mean, and we therefore might not be totally prepared for the implications of it. No, that's definitely true. I, I think the ripple effect uh, is, is something that's really hard to calculate. And, you know, that's that's positive and that's negative as well. I mean, you know, when you're looking at the gaming industry, um, you know, there's people that obviously have concerns as well out there, um, you know, about what that's going to mean and how it's going to change uh, the face of, of Bristol and, you know, our region as a whole. So it's kind of hard to measure a lot of that. But on the positive side of things, um, the amount of ancillary businesses that it takes to have that casino up and running, you know, there's so many businesses that they're going to rely upon. Uh, a lot of them, some of them at least, not even in existence uh, in our region yet. You know, they were talking, for example, um, you know, Ali uh, Evangelista, who's the president of that new property. You know, they, they need a ton of bread on a daily basis, you know, and they can't find a bakery anywhere around here. Mm -hmm. You know, that's an opportunity for somebody to just say, hey, why don't we start a bakery, uh, maybe even Johnson City, Kingsport, up in southwest Virginia within driving distance, and we can have a primary client we know we can depend on. You know, we're going to be hiring more people. So I, I think there's just so much opportunity for that. Um, and when you have something like this come in, I think there's um, – other tourism-type businesses that are going to be able to open around it. I think it's going to change the landscape, especially in Bristol, Virginia. If you drive around uh, just on the other side of the border, um, even to Bristol, Tennessee, in, in a certain uh, extent, you see a lot of empty properties and, and a lot of opportunity for those to be filled, um, and that's going to increase the tax base. And so I think there's anticipation of that. Um, you know, when they're not really thinking – 
you know, 5, 10, 20 years down the road what it's going to look like. It's really hard to predict until we kind of get up and running and get an idea of it. But, uh, yeah, there's, there's going to be a lot of opportunity, I think, available. And I think that uh, there might be scratching the surface or just looking at the tip of the iceberg right now in terms of what's going to be possible with this. You write in the May um, edition of the Business Journal uh, about the casino. Think of it as the miracle grow in the garden of our region. It would be b- foolish to believe that benefits that come along with the gaming industry won't come with some new challenges. Anyone who j- enjoys watching their flowers grow in the spring is well aware that the weeds grow just as fast. And I'm wondering if you've already thought of one of those weeds being some of the social problems that come along with gaming. And do you feel we're prepared in that area to deal with those possible issues and challenges? You know, it's uh, it's something that's going to require some foresight. Um, during research for the story, I was uh, kind of looking around at examples around the country uh, of places. You know, there's a lot of cities like Bristol or around the size of Bristol where gaming has been legalized and casinos come in. And, uh, you know, you get a ton of benefit from it. I mean, that's that's the front end. Um, it increases the tax base a great deal. Um, casinos, as I've seen in other parts of the country, and Hard Rock in particular, that, that company, they really invest in the community, and, and they do a lot to, uh, to kind of benefit the community. You know, when you have that, you're also um, you know, going to have to – you're going to have to up things like, um, you know, law enforcement, everything else. You know, you have a, a new set of potential problems that could come to the area. Um, again, though, you're going to have uh, an increase in the tax base to be able to uh, to perhaps combat some of those. So, um, you know, it's like anything in life. There's there's going to be pros and cons. You're going to have a balance sheet. Um, and, you know, I, I haven't, you know, I did a lot of research and was not able to come up with, uh, with any nightmare scenarios in, in towns around the country where a casino has come in and, you know, crime rates um, away from the casino have, have spiked and there's been, you know, there's been a lot of trouble, you know, and I, I dug around, you know, I wanted to figure out what we were kind of looking at. And um, you, you see a lot of success stories and you hear very little, um, you know, of the negative side of it. Uh, but that's one thing that's going to remain to be seen. And it, it's going to be interesting to see how that all unfolds. But, you know, from my research and, and what I've seen, um, there's not a lot of stories of that out there, but it's something that uh, city leaders need to be prepared to kind of look at potential changes in the community and, and what that looks like and uh, and kind of cross that bridge when they get to it. You probably are aware that Evangelista has projected that at least initially the new casino would bring in uh, at least 600 jobs. Are you confident about what that means for pay, though, and living standards in the region? You know, it's um, those jobs, especially when you start looking at, at dealers, you know, what dealers make and, and a lot of those folks, uh, of course, you know, you got to go through background checks and everything else. Uh, but if you're good at what you do in the casino and to uh, make a pretty good living, you know, from all the research I've done, um, you know, but I will say this also, I, I think it's good for workers in the sense that there's kind of a shortage at the moment of, of people in the hospitality industry. Um, you know, that's something I've, I've talked about with other people that uh, run hotels around here is they're already kind of in a pinch and having to pay workers more. Um, I think with there being a competition for workers, it's a supply and demand situation where I think that's going to that's going to drive up wages for employees, the ones that we do have in our region. Uh, in that sense, I think it's going to help things out quite a bit. Uh, a lot of the jobs that come in with the casino are good paying jobs. Um, now, there are there are issues that come with that. 
Uh, and one of those is available housing. We have people here already who are having a very hard time finding places to live at a reasonable price. You know, we've been dealing with that throughout the pandemic, and we still have a housing shortage. And, you know, they're, they're getting ready to, uh, in a lot of cases, bring in workers from, uh, from outside the region. There's a lot of interest from people that want to work at this casino that don't already live here. So you have a situation now where you have more people moving in. They're looking for housing. You know, that's, that's kind of the rallying cry everywhere is that, hey, we don't have enough houses here, and they're working fast to build them, but we're looking at a big deficit. You know, when you look at uh, back to 2008, we haven't been building houses at a fast enough rate. Now all of a sudden uh, this kind of adds to that, and there's, there's a crunch there. So we talk living standards. Um, you know, you could have somebody who's, who's living, um, you know, on a blue-collar uh, salary in, you know, Johnson City, Bristol, Kingsport, even up in southwest Virginia, and they're looking for a house, and now they have more competition uh, from other folks coming in to take jobs at the casino. So, um, you know, that's another example of something that, um, you know, is going to be – remains to be seen how that's going to affect life in our region as we start to draw more people in. Dave Anji is the managing editor for the Business Journal of the Tri-Cities. We are talking to him today by phone about the impact of the expected Hard Rock Hotel and Casino. Dave, we want to go to a break, and when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about what this all means to the concept of regionalism in the Tri-Cities and whether this advances it or holds it back. We'll take up that topic when we return. You have been listening to Together to Get There, the show dedicated to economic and community development in Southwest Virginia, and I am your host, Dirk Moore. You are also listening to WEHC 90.7, the voice of Southwest Virginia. Support for WEHC 90.7 Emory comes from People Incorporated. People Inc. providing opportunities for economically disadvantaged people to reach their goals in order to enhance their lives, their families, and their communities. Every person needs support from others. People Incorporated promotes the dignity of individuals and families, moves people into the economic mainstream, and works to develop existing strengths and resources within communities. All of their efforts are directed by the concerns, hopes, needs, and dreams of the people they serve. 276-623-9000 or peopleinc.net. And from the Abingdon Racquetball Associates, a privately owned club offering two courts conveniently located at 150 Deadmore Street in the heart of historic Abingdon. Off the wall fun since 1991. For more information, 276-623-4400. Welcome back to Together to Get There. Today, I am talking to Dave Anji, Managing Editor for the Business Journal of the Tri-Cities. We have been talking about the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino, which is expected to begin operation this July. Dave, you wrote about regionalism recently, and you wrote, Johnson City continues to lead the way in population and medical innovation. Kingsport is becoming a beacon of clean manufacturing thanks to a revamped operation at Domtar and Eastman's pushed to become a world leader in the circular economy. And as for Bristol, the quaint little town has been rebranded 
as the birthplace of country music and is getting set to welcome an industry that could raise the ships in every port from Marion to Greenville. So you've talked about how each of the Tri-Cities is doing something unique to help build the region. Where does this hard rock enterprise fit into that? Does it bear equal weight with all the other initiatives that I've mentioned there, or is it uh, because you say it's going to have impact from Marion to Greenville, does it become our chief industry all of a sudden? That's, that's going to be interesting to watch. You know, one thing that I think makes regionalism successful is when you can have um, communities and cities and counties that retain their identity, uh, but they do it as, you know, part of a larger cooperation. I think uh, when you have a, a part of the country that kind of becomes a monolith and you can't tell one town from the other, one county from the other, I, I think that kind, kind of becomes an unhealthy uh, sort of regional push where, you know, the individuality doesn't come out. I, I've really enjoyed watching the organic development. Uh, you know, of course, I've lived in this region since 1986, and, uh, you know, just watching how everything's developed around here, especially in recent years, you know, like you mentioned with uh, what we have in Johnson City, it's continued uh, with their, uh, you know, the, the MedTech corridor and everything they have down that way. Uh, they've trended that direction where Kingsport has really cornered the market on the clean manufacturing uh, you know, what they've done at Eastman and Domtar, it's, it's been amazing to watch those transformations. And, you know, I, I think everybody else is taking note of that. And, of course, Bristol with tourism, this just kind of cements that. The fact that the hard rock is going uh, in Bristol, I, I think that kind of cements it. You know, when you're looking at marketing yourself to the outside world, I, I think there's um, different kinds depending on what you're going for. I think our region as a whole uh, – when you look at the tourism, when you're marketing yourself to, to tourists, people that are going to come visit and are going to go back uh, back to their homes where they came from, I, I think our region as a whole is going to take a, a big step up having a casino here now. As, as we've mentioned before, it's a big option of, of something to do, a lot of entertainment in one place, uh, and they can reach out and kind of explore the individual uh, towns, counties, and cities that, that surround the place. Uh, you know, I think from a tourism standpoint, it's going to be very defining for our region. I think in terms of workforce development and attracting, uh, you know, attracting employers to our region, um, I think each of the cities kind of having uh, having their own niche, I, I think that really is helpful. It shows that there's strengths in each of those three cities. And also, you know, when you look up in southwest Virginia and, and the push that's being made up there and some of the, the initiatives you know, Will Payne has done a, a fantastic job up that way, really starting to get the ball rolling on some potential new industries up there as well. You know, I think it makes uh, employers more comfortable when they see that you have a wide variety of different workforces that are able to kind of power all of these uh, these diversified um, industries here in this, this part of the country. And I, I think that really helps us. But, you know, it depends on who you're marketing to. I think to, in the tourism realm, you're going to be seeing the casino uh, really kind of change our image to the outside world. But if you're looking at workforce development, I, I think different things that have kind of organically propped up, cropped up in different parts of our region are going to uh, continue to make an impact in, in that field. Are you confident that the, the cities of the Tri-Cities area are working cooperatively enough to promote the assets of all three communities and the region? You know, it's been uh, that's been an uphill battle. You know, and we've uh, we've talked about that, and we've chronicled that pretty much for the entire uh, history of the Business Journal. If you look back, 
you know, the, the first edition of the Business Journal ever. You know, I talked about this with Scott Robertson, and it's actually uh, the editorial hanging on the wall of, of my office in here, uh, you know, talking about how, you know, we need to, the time has come for us all to kind of erase those county lines and those state lines and start working together regionally. You know, and that was written over 30 years ago, and here we are all this time later, and there's been a lot of talk about it. Uh, but I really feel like in the last five to ten years, there's been more action. I think in southwest Virginia, when you look specifically with um, the coal industry pulling out the way it has, it's kind of made it more of a necessity for people to work together up there. I know people who are proponents of regionalism in northeast Tennessee that are a little bit jealous of southwest Virginia and a more coordinated approach to things that has happened. You know, you look at the legislative um, group there and how they all pull in the same direction uh, in terms of getting businesses in and, and how that's been more of a regional approach just out of um, more urgency than, than what we have in northeast Tennessee. Now, I think the stagnating uh, numbers in terms of population, you know, we just haven't had any population growth in, in northeast Tennessee, at least leading up to the pandemic. I think that's been enough to uh, to start putting some of this regionalism we've talked about for so long into into action. You know, I think there's a lot of good um, economic development groups and, and other types of groups up, up in northeast Tennessee that are, are really, uh, you know, you're starting to see some cooperation even between Johnson City and, and Kingsport, uh, which used to fight over just about everything. You know, you're starting to see them kind of pull in the same direction a little bit more. Uh, we also have the announcement of the regional hub in northeast Tennessee, which is kind of a private sector initiative. Uh, they've announced their board recently, um, and you know, they're going to be kind of more the private sector that's going to help market us to the outside world in terms of workforce development. So uh, you're seeing signs of it, regionalism being put into action, which we're a huge fan of. And I think that's starting to happen, but it's always going to be slow. And, and you always wonder if all of a sudden you look 10 years down the road and we have population growth here, does that kind of come apart and do cities go back to kind of fighting with each other? Uh, but right now, I think we're in a good place. And I think leadership uh, is starting to get on the same page, and we're starting to see some initiatives that are taking root. Well, in Southwest Virginia, of course, you mentioned Will Payne. I think he's with an organization called Invest Southwest yes. Virginia, and then there's an organization called Opportunity Southwest Virginia, which is spearheaded out of the University of Virginia College at Wise. And then, of course, like you said, our legislative delegation all seems to be working cooperatively. Is that not happening in East Tennessee, and what keeps that from happening? You know, I think it is. Um, I think there's just a little bit more urgency in, in southwest Virginia, or at least that's the way we, we see it from, you know, the people see it on this side of the border is that, man, you know, they're, they're really, uh, they seem to have it a little more together over there. But, you know, like I mentioned earlier, I thought um, tourism was one area where everybody got on the same page really quickly. And, you know, I mentioned uh, Alicia Phelps and the great job she does with the Northeast Tennessee Tourism Association. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and they, they have really started to have a concerted effort to uh, market us as a region. And, you know, I think our legislators as well, if, if you look at what they've done in recent years, have gotten a lot better about getting down to Nashville and kind of speaking in one voice. And you'll hear that term a lot. And, um, you know, we're getting better at it here. You know, I, I think it's you know, we, we might be uh, maybe a couple of years behind of what's going on in Southwest Virginia because I think you've seen some real uh, big things happen up there, um, you know, from an ec economic development standpoint. When you look at Earthlink and how that deal got done uh, up there in Norton, and, and you already had so much in place and so much groundwork in place, 
for that to be a successful recruitment. And then you really had um, so many elected officials up there in Southwest Virginia that were willing to get on a plane or get on whatever they needed to and travel and uh, go close the deal. You know, and that really was impressive. Uh, the way that was done. And we're starting to get there here. I, I think, um, you know, the organizations, uh, you know, whether it's, you know, we have NetRep and uh, Network Sullivan County, um, you know, and, and all those groups are starting to kind of pull together and we're starting to kind of get the picture that, you know, it is so hard to recruit business up this way. Um, you know, we, I was at a ribbon cutting uh, yesterday. The Advanced Call Center Technologies is opening two locations in Sullivan County. And that took the cooperation between the cities of Kingsport and Bristol um, working together along with uh, the networks, um, the Network Sullivan Partnership, uh, you know, and all of them and our elected officials and everybody else had to really work hard to get that deal done. And they were able to get two locations with 650 jobs. So it's really starting to pay dividends up this way. And uh, we're starting to get, um, you know, we're just starting to, to kind of get the ball rolling. And, you know, for both sides of the border and even working across the border, I think there's a lot of good things that have been happening, and I hope we keep trending in that direction. Well, Dave, I have time for one last question, and what you've just said sort of helps me to build toward that. And I'm wondering, while we're looking at sort of the tall ships that are helping in Johnson City and Kingsport and Bristol, everything from tourism in Bristol to clean manufacturing in Kingsport and medical innovation in Johnson City, are we doing enough to look at other areas of economic growth, for example, agriculture or clean energy? Are we continuing to put other things on the table as we look at growing our economies in these regions? Definitely. You know, I think agriculture is an area where there's, um, at the moment, there's there's so much possibility there. Uh, you know, down on this side of the border, they've, um, there's a meat processing plant that's going to go up in Washington County, Tennessee. Uh, you know, if you look at meat processing, there's four places in the country, essentially, where farmers can send their meat to be processed. And that's something that, you know, that we're sorely in need. And as we've seen supply chain issues and everything else happen, I think that's kind of awakened uh, people's thoughts about, well, you know, if we can produce food here, if we can have our food processed here, that's going to put us in better shape. You know, as people have seen uh, empty shelves at grocery, grocery stores, that really gets you thinking about that. So, you know, I think agriculture is something that uh, may be lagging behind a little bit, may have fallen on the back burner, but there's a lot of, a lot of opportunity there uh, for sure. You know, you look up, you know, and I've, I've mentioned we'll paint a time or two, but uh, with, with Southwest Virginia, you know, looking at uh, Project Veer, which could possibly create some manufacturing opportunities up that way to create, create components that can be used in offshore wind, which is an emerging technology. I know Hampton Roads has kind of got uh, – got themselves in a good position right there on the shore. But, you know, there's a lot of parts that need to be made inland and, and taken out there. And the roads that used to be so good at carrying coal out of the area, that, that system of roads can be good, you know, in terms of taking components that are going to be used in those wind farms and, um, and having them manufactured here with the workforce we have here and having them moved out there. So, and that's one area where I talk about Southwest Virginia being ahead a little bit. And that's what I mean is I think they have a little bit more of a an open mind up there to, um, you know, retooling and, and trying some new ideas because, you know, the, the main industry in Southwest Virginia kind of was taken away. Now looking for a replacement for that, I think it's kind of had people thinking outside the box a little bit more. And I hope that type of thinking happens everywhere because coming out of the pandemic, 
particularly, um, you know, there's a lot, it's a new world we're stepping into, and there's a lot of opportunity to be had. It just takes uh, some people to kind of identify that and have the initiative to reach out and go for it. Dave, Anji, thank you so much for the work that you're doing through the Business Journal of the Tri-Cities to keep us informed of all the nuances in business opportunity here in Southwest Virginia. And thank you for being on the show today. That's my pleasure. It's great to, great to finally be on and, and hope to join you again in the near future. I look forward to that. I've been talking today to Dave Anji. He is the managing editor for the Business Journal of the Tri-Cities. We've been talking about regionalism. And before that, we were talking about the impact of the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino, which will be coming this year to the region. You have been listening to Together to Get There, the show dedicated to economic and community development in Southwest Virginia. I am your host, Dirk Moore. You have also been listening to WEHC 90.7, the voice of Southwest Virginia. Thank you for listening.